Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today's topic is something that I'm certainly passionate about and which I recently wrote two books in my Agile Brand Guide series about as well. And my guest today has been very active in the community. Today, we're going to talk about Agile Marketing and a recent report, the sixth annual State of Agile Marketing Report by Agile Sherpas and the Agile Marketing Alliance. There's a number of insights that should be interesting to all marketers and leaders, even if you're not currently using Agile. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Melissa Reeve, Principal Consultant at Agile Minds and co-founder of the Agile Marketing Alliance. Melissa, welcome to the show. Craig, thanks for having me on the show. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah, looking forward to to talking with you. I know I was I was on your show a, a little bit ago, and um, so glad that you could come on and and talk about this stuff. So um, lot, lots to talk about today. But why don't we get started with you giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing? Sure. Thanks. Uh, thanks for that. So I've I've been in marketing for what feels like forever, my entire career, <laughs> and. Um, it, it's been a joy. I feel like I've, I've been one of those people who's been lucky to find something that they really enjoy doing. I enjoy the creativity, the analytics, um, you know, all the different aspects of marketing. And about 12 years ago, I got exposed to agile marketing. And it was because I was working with an events company and we were running, I don't know, 25, 30 events a year in a very lockstep manner. And what happened is, uh, similar to what's going on right now, the market was shifting. You know, there was some fear about recession. And if you know anything about economic downturns, training and events and education that are considered kind of discretionary uh, spending. And so we were seeing the market shift and we were not able to respond accordingly. And so what Agile did for us at that time was it allowed us to take a breath. And instead of just motoring through these campaigns, we uh, implemented twice weekly standups in order to really figure out what was going on. So that was my introduction to Agile. Since that time, I joined Scaled Agile, who is the provider of the Scaled Agile framework or SAFE. And that was a deep dive into not only Agile, but scaling Agile really hooked me on this notion of scaling Agile, and uh, especially in a marketing organization. Got involved in the Agile marketing community, helped facilitate the Sprint 2 event where we revisited the Agile marketing manifesto. And currently, as you mentioned, um, I co-founded the Agile Marketing Alliance with Jim Ewell, and I'm also doing some consulting on the side. 
just to, to keep a finger on the pulse of the agile marketing community and how it, how it works in practice. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I think that understanding how it works in practice, I think that that is an underrated, <laughs> an underrated aspect. And we'll certainly we'll, we'll touch on some of the, the insights that, that you've been able to, to gather through that. So let's, let's start by talking about getting started. There's probably a, a, at least a few people sitting out there that are interested in agile marketing. Maybe they're about to get started. Maybe someone else in their organization has been talking about getting started, but you know, not sure quite where to to go or, or what to do. Uh, according to the report I mentioned at the top of the show, 41% of marketers surveyed currently use Agile and half or about 51% of those, they haven't uh, started using it yet, but they plan to begin using it. So, you know, this means a little over 70% of all marketers either use Agile or, or plan to. And so what does this say to you? Um, you know, and do you think these numbers will continue to grow to the point where Agile is the way most marketers are approaching things. What are your thoughts there? Well, I think it says two things. One is it it tells me that there's a there's probably a wide range of definitions around Agile. At least when I, I speak to marketers and I say, have you used Agile? And I dig past that question, the implementation of Agile varies widely. So yeah. asking a question like this um, is pretty broad. But I think what it points to is this notion that as marketers, we're recognizing that we really need a new way of working and that our current way of of operating marketing, while it might be efficient, isn't necessarily responsive enough to inflexible enough to respond to the change, much like I pointed to in that opening example with events. And it means that we, we really haven't build, res, built responding to change into the marketing system, at least in a way where we can do it predictably. You know, oftentimes when I'm talking to marketers, they're talking about how marketing is a fire drill, right? So we recognize that change needs to happen and we drop everything and we respond to the change, but that's not really sustainable. So marketers, I think, are turning to Agile or this new way of working so that they can build that, that responsiveness, that test and learn approach into the system. And of course, it's my hope that, uh, you know, there's a point in time where this is just the de facto way of operating for marketers. And it may not even have that word Agile attached to us. It's just the way we work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, to your point, I mean, I, I I see a lot of desire to change the way that things are done, and I, you know, I think even recent events with the pandemic and economic downturns and, and things like that, there there needs to be, you know, whether it's big A agile or your uh, just agility in general, you know, there needs to be some of that built into processes. One of the things, and I'm sure you've seen this as well in, in your work, is you know with with any change, even if it's a change that everyone's excited about or most most of the of the team members are excited about, change is is difficult, and it's it's difficult for those that are stuck in their ways, even if they see the that end goal in sight and and kind of understand the vision. How have you seen success in getting new agile marketing programs kind of off the ground? Like, what, where, where should people think about starting there? 
Yeah. And it's what's interesting is the, the success that I've seen is most often with leaders who who have been exposed to Agile, who have gone through it before, who've truly made that transition from a more traditional way of managing into an Agile way of managing, which includes decentralizing decision making, which includes empowering the teams, uh, which includes setting direction and then kind of letting the teams lead and experiment their way to to success. And unfortunately, sometimes what I'm seeing now is is leaders who who hear about this thing called agile and they they set forth a mandate that says thou shalt go agile. And so when you think about you know what I introduced there empowering the teams this notion of thou shalt go go agile is directly contradictory to it. But I think it comes from the right place because you know, if you're a leader and and I was in this position and you know that Agile is, is something you want to pursue and you're on your own journey as a leader, you might say something like thou shalt cope, go Agile without realizing how detrimental that can be. What we really need are leaders who buy into Agile, who are willing to do their own work, that own internal work of understanding what that means to them as a leader. And introduces Agile and says, hey, we're going to start experimenting with a new way of working. And here are the tenets of that new way of working. Here are the perceived benefits of this new way of working. Here's, In other words, here's what we're really trying to accomplish. And we're going to start to immerse ourselves, myself included, as a leader in how this typically lo- looks. And then we're going to ask you as a team, as individuals, to experiment your way to success with it, starting from where you're at today. So that really sends a signal that, hey, we're all on a journey together. We know that this is going to be difficult. We know that there's going to be a few pivots and we're going to have to adjust together. And this isn't just something that someone's going to wave their magic wand at and say, all of a sudden, we're going to flip a switch and we're agile. And I think setting that tone is important when you're just start trying to get started. And it's a great way to approach this notion of an agile transformation. Yeah, yeah. I love I love that way you describe it. And I, I think one of the things in there, there's there's a there's a lot of a great <laughs> great nuances in there. One of the things in there is something that I think is difficult for a lot of leaders, even just a lot of a, a lot of teams, which is you know, kind of implicit in that is we're going to experiment, but experiments don't always go the way that we want them to, right? So it's like, we're going to, in other words, we're going to fail. And a lot of people don't like to use the F word or whatever, but, you know, we're going to make mistakes, we're going to fail, and that's okay. You know, and I think that's, that's a culture shift for a lot of organizations. I think that's a a humbling experience for a lot of leaders that think of themselves as needing to have all the answers. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot in that. That's probably the topic of a whole other show. But, you know, there, there's a lot in that, you know, as, as far as, you know, have you seen, how have you seen leaders kind of get over that, that resistance to, or the, maybe the acceptance of that they're, they're going to get some things wrong, and they, they're going to need to kind of own up to that. And but that's part of, you know, b- leading by example. 
Yeah. And I think when I've seen it work the most is when leaders understand that they're going to want dedicated coaching themselves. Yeah. So when, when a leader doesn't just say that this is for the people under me, but they recognize that this is for themselves and they have somebody who is a trusted ear, you know, that, that has them as a, as a, a trusted ear and they're willing to listen to that individual and understand and get that feedback and really internalize how they're going to need as a, to evolve as a leader, that sends a really powerful message to the rest of the organization. Yeah. 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 That, I think that's, um, and I, I, I just use the word humility there because I think it, it takes some, it takes some, it, it takes a lot of things, but it takes some of that to admit that you need a coach and that again, you, I think traditionally a lot of leaders have thought that they got hired because they're supposed to know all the answers. I think that's changing overall. I think, you know, and agile, I think is one of the things that I think is helping to teach us all that it's okay to, you know, it's okay to be wrong sometimes, but no, I I think that's, I think that's a great point. Um, I, I think one of the other things that, you know, so we talked a little bit about resistance to change, talked a little bit about leadership's role, you know, another barrier to, you know, successful adoption of agile can sometimes just be, how do we define, you know, what, it, what is agile? And, you know, I, I use an example of, you know, you, you mentioned, okay, we're going to start doing scrum, or we're going to, we're going to do agile marketing, whatever. And somebody says, Oh, well, we tried agile before, and it didn't work. Well, you know, what did you do? How did you do it? You know, there's, there's a lot, it's such a broad way of, of saying something like that. So, you know, what, where do, where do you think a lot of marketers go wrong in, in both understanding what agile is, but, you know, in, in trying to, trying to just implement, you know, quote unquote agile. Well, I think, I think you said it when you said we're going to do agile and that (laughs) implies, That implies that it's it's just a matter of, of training or checking the box. And as you and I both know, that that is not the case. And because I, I just want our audience to, to recognize that we are in the very beginning phases of agile marketing. So so there aren't a lot of standards. Um, you know, we're I'm with the Agile Marketing Alliance. That's that's one of the things the community is asking us to do. Can you help? put a standard definition around this term agile because because of exactly what you articulated agile for one person or one one organization might might mean we took some training on scrum and now we're doing standups you know a, a few times a week right. and and that's that's agile adoption and what we're really seeking and where you really start to see the benefits is through agile transformation and agile transformation is much longer. It uh, requires behavior change. As we know, behavior change is um, much more difficult. When we're talking at Agile at scale, uh, which is which is part of my background, I like to say that there's three components, right? You're going to need some sort of, of framework. And I, I use that term, even though I know there's some pushback in the, the Agile marketing community around that, because at, at least at scale, you're going to want some sort of common language. Yeah. Then you're going to need some sort of tooling in order to keep track of the, the work. And that could be as simple as spreadsheets, but you need some way in Agile to visualize the work. That's such a key tenant. 
And then the third part is uh, what you alluded to, which is the change management piece. And when I see organizations going off the rails, it's usually because they've, they've focused on one of those three pillars, but maybe not all of those pillars. So they, they focus on the framework and they say, we want to implement Scrum or we want to implement Kanban, but they don't fund a tool or change management. Yeah. Or they might fund a tool and say, let's all get on a sauna or a, a tool like that, but they don't invest enough in the framework or the change management. So I would encourage everybody out there to, to really think holistically about their transformation and not just the adoption of Agile. Before we continue, I wanted to share a key strategic resource that a majority of the Fortune 500 are already aware of. Finding the best technology, business, and talent solutions is not easy. With business demands and competitive pressures mounting, you need to be able to design, deploy, and optimize your technology to provide leading customer experiences while driving business growth. Those of you that have been listening to this show for a while know that this podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, a global provider of technology, business, and talent solutions for more than 80% of the Fortune 500. Tech Systems accelerates business transformation for their customers. Whether you're looking to maximize your technology ROI, drive business growth, or elevate customer experiences, Tech Systems enables enterprises to capitalize on change. Learn more at techsystems.com. That's T-E-K systems.com. Now let's get back to the show. So let's, uh, next, next topic I wanted to talk about was just, you know, how agile marketing works in the enterprise. You and I both work as consultants in that arena and, you know, in particular, you know, not every enterprise I've worked, I know I've worked in several that, you know, a handful of teams work, uh, maybe use Scrum or, or things like that, and many do not. And so, you know, working in an enterprise with a mix of agile and non-agile teams. So according to the report I mentioned earlier, 83% of agile marketers surveyed operate in an organization with uh, more, than, more than one agile team, meaning they aren't the only team utilizing agile approaches. Do you see this as a benefit to ensuring agile is sustainable as a practice? You know, it's it's funny, Greg, because I was at a, a conference last week and, and they had two of these keynotes and the first keynote got up and it was it was about transform transforming agile at scale. And the first keynote got up and she said, in order for this to be successful at our organization, we needed everybody in. And we said that everybody's got to go agile and we didn't tolerate this. You're going to do waterfall. We're going to do agile. And then another keynote got up and sh sh this keynote said the exact opposite. You know, she said, you know, in order for Agile to have worked in our organization, we had to understand that some pockets were never going to go Agile. Hmm. And so I think just with that story, you understand that there's going to be all kinds of situations out there. What I will say is that my personal opinion is when different approaches are used, you are going to lose some fidelity between those teams. Now, if those teams don't work very closely together, that's okay. You know, if you're just interacting once in a while, it's okay if you're not aligned in, in your working uh, style. 
But if you're working closely together, then it gets to be more and more of a hindrance. You know, I, I use the example of a, a shared language. You know, if, if, if you're having difficulty understanding that other team and how they're approaching the work because you're using different terminology, because you're using a different framework, you're, you're using a different approach, it's going to take time and energy to do that translation. You're going to experience miscommunications and you're going to have other forms of waste. So the, the net net here is, okay, you can have different ways of working, but it's going to cost you in, in time and money and energy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So in that case, I mean, you know, I've seen, there's lots of, uh, lots of different types of people, of course, but out there in the world, but you know, there's, there's the agile folks that's, let's just say they're, they're fairly dogmatic and, and they're, they're kind of preaching agile. I'm just going to use religious metaphors here for some reason, but you know, they're, they're kind of, they're preaching agile to the, to the world evangelizing and, and stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes that falls on deaf ears and, and sometimes it even turns people off that might've been receptive to, if they understood the benefits a little bit better and stuff like that. But, you know, in, in a case where, you know, to, to your point, I've, I've seen that, that loss of fidelity as, as well. And it's, you know, it, you can certainly work around it. You know, there's there's ways of doing that, but it's it is nice when teams work the same way and and kind of have are, are kind of in lockstep there. What should the role of that agile marketer be? You know, do you think there's there's room for evangelizing about agile? Is you know what's what's the best what's the best way to get others to kind of adopt similar approaches? Yeah, and I, I think I think the word is the key word there is evangelize. Like, does anybody really love an evangelist? Like, <laughs> right. only the true believer love an evangelist. <laughs> right. And I feel like it's the benefits here are in the coaching, right? So a, a much more tempered approach would be somebody who says, "Look, I understand the reality of the constraints, and I understand that we're proposing a new way of working, and." We're going to have people who embrace it. We're going to have people who resist it. And here are the costs. Here are the real concrete costs for you resisting it. Here's the real concrete costs when we have people uh, working in different ways. And is that a cost that you're willing to live with? And I feel like just, you know, again, taking that middle of the road approach and and taking a, a more logical you know, approach to explaining what we're trying to do probably is a little bit better than somebody who, as you indicated, is dogmatic and hitting people over the head with, again, the thou shalt. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Which, again, is sort of, I mean, the name, the name gives it away, but uh, too few people may get that sometimes. But it's agile is intended to be something that is agile, right? So, um, most agile marketers, according to that report, you know, just to kind of go back to the, the this idea of that there isn't one way of of doing things, and you know, agile gives us a set of principles to that can be applied. And so, from the report, it, it seems like the the flavor of agile. Just to change metaphors here, I guess we'll start talking about food here. You, sorry, 
the flavor of the agile used by most marketers is more like a hybrid, you know, some call it scrum ban, you know, a combination of scrum and Kanban and, you know, as opposed to more strict scrum, Kanban, lean, things like that. Can you talk about why this might be? And is this, is this because of some of the unique demands of marketing or, you know, what, what are your thoughts there? Yeah. And I do want to clarify one thing. And this is something that I learned probably only about a month ago because I was using the term Scrum Bond to, to describe a combination of Scrum and Kanban where you visualize work with a Kanban board. I, I did some digging and the, at least from my understanding, the Scrum Bond is referring to people who use Scrum and then they use the relentless improvement of Kanban and applying that to Scrum. So um, I now refer to people who use parts of Scrum and parts of Kanban as hybrid, just as, as you referred mm. to it. Um, but just for our community out there, uh, there is a, yeah. like a little tiny distinction there between hybrid and Scrumbon. And if you're using parts of both, maybe just like we can standardize, we were talking about standardization around hybrid. So yeah. I do believe that marketing has so many sub-disciplines. You think about all of them. You know, the, the events people versus uh, somebody who's, who's doing field marketing versus somebody who's maybe working on a, a website, who, somebody who's, who's driving campaigns, that I think what our job is as coaches, as consultants, as people in the field is in, to introduce these underlying concepts that underpin both Scrum and Kanban or Lean and then allow the team some room to take what is meaningful for them and implement it in a way that makes sense. Um, again, you, the ultimate goal is to get into a mindset where we're improving our flow. That's a concept in Lean, where we're visualizing work. That's a concept in Kanban, where we've got cadence and synchronization, where we're continually improving. That's a concept of Scrum. So I, I totally agree with you and with Port that it's important to, to allow some surface area for teams to make this their own. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So the last topic I wanted to talk about today is um, how success with Agile marketing is measured. Uh, the State of Agile Marketing 2023 report discusses several benefits of Agile transformation with some interesting responses. So when asked what benefits that marketing teams wanted to achieve versus what they actually achieved, the top response was something top of mind to me, certainly prioritization. So 66% of respond respondents wanted to achieve it and 76% achieved it. Why do you think this is the, the top result? And can you talk a little bit about uh, how agile approaches and effective prioritization are linked. Yeah, I, I love this this question, and and thanks for asking it. I started this conversation talking about how long I'd been in marketing, and when I think about the field of marketing, I think about how reactive it is. And quite frankly, most of us live very reactive have lives, right? We okay. we wake up to an alarm clock, or we may so we react to that alarm clock. And then we might react when we're thirsty or we're hungry or to put it into a work context, something comes into our inbox and we react to that. 
we react to asks made, made of us through Slack. And that's how we get through our days. And what we're really trying to do with Agile and with this notion of prioritization is to flip that around. So it says, let's take a look at all of the work. Let's get real with our capacity and let's, let's pick the most important work over the most urgent work. And when you think about it, that's a pretty radical change to, our, to how we're normally operating. And it's taking the power of no and applying it when it feels like everything's a priority and everything must get done. And the benefit we get from doing that is improved flow. You know, just, I know it's a well-worn example, but thinking about the highway in rush hour, when everybody tries to come into the highway at once, all you get is a big old log jam. And yeah, you can move things forward a few inches, but it, things work much better when the highway is metered, when we're not trying to do everything at once, and we're, we're using the power of prioritization. So it doesn't surprise me that people who are using Agile are getting that benefit. And um, I think it's an important mindset shift to embrace as teams are thinking about going Agile. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. So also, according to the report, uh, 56% of respondents said that Agile has been implemented very successfully or extremely successfully. So over half, um, with only 3% saying it was hardly or not at all successful. So that's that's great news, but you know it still leaves about 41% saying it is only somewhat successful. So obviously, there can be a lot of reasons for that, that 41% every organization being a little bit different, but you know, what, what are some immediate uh, recommendations for those teams that are feeling, you know, less than very successful? Yeah. And I think we've talked a lot about them uh, throughout the course of our conversation, right? Yeah. We talked about how leadership might start with a mandate instead of leading by example, or, or maybe it starts from the bottom up and you just don't have enough of that leadership support. Uh, we talked about the importance of training and the three pillars of having a framework, investing in change management, investing in a tool. Maybe you're underfunded in one of those three pillars, or maybe you're interacting with parts of the organization that aren't practicing agile. And so you're losing fidelity. And so you can see all the different ways that agile can go sideways and you could end up with 41% who are saying it's only uh, somewhat successful. You know, given all that, I actually think it's kind of a small miracle that 56% are implementing it successfully. And I think, you know, for those 56% who are doing it successfully, I think one of the things that we need to remember is that when things go right with Agile, they tend to go very, very right. You know, the work really changes People get much more happy with how things are going, and that helps to drive the momentum for other things to change and others to start embracing that change. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's great. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for joining the show today. Uh, one last question before we wrap up. You've given a lot of great advice already in, in, a, in a number of different ways, but you know, based on your experiences, as well as the insights from the report, what's one piece of advice you'd have for 
marketing leaders that they could do today or at least, you know, make a first next step towards becoming more agile? Yeah, I think it's really learn from each other. You know, it's one thing to read a little bit about agile. Um, you know, I, I'd be interested in your journey to, to agile. But, you know, I think until you actually see it in action and by seeing it in action, you can physically go to somewhere where it's working or you could simply talk to another person who is currently doing it and you see these concepts come to life. You, you hear somebody talking about the difference that's made in their work, in their ability to prioritize, in their ability to align strategy and execution, know the teams are doing the right things and working on the right things. That's really the way to, to I feel, to get started and start becoming, um, if not an evangelist, at least an advocate for this new way of working. Yeah. Yeah, great. Well, again, I'd like to thank Melissa Reeve, Principal Consultant at Agile Minds and co-founder of the Agile Marketing Alliance for joining the show. You can get a copy of the State of Agile Marketing 2023 report and learn more about Melissa, Agile Minds and the Agile Marketing Alliance by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.